Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, please visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. And we are back, episode 52 of The Grid, Ray Lewis episode this week. High school football week two, volleyball's in action, week three's ahead. The NFL starts the day you'll listen to this episode. Football's in full swing. We could not be more excited. We had a couple of awesome games last week, and uh, Mike, we'll start over with you. You were out in Edna for Edna Bay City, two of the best teams in the region, two of the best teams in the state. Incredible game came down to the wire. Talk about what you saw out there in Edna. Well, uh, at the start of the third quarter, it looked like Bay City had taken control of the game. They scored uh, two touchdowns um, to go up 21-7. And then they actually drove again and had a chance to kick a field goal. It was about a 33-yard field goal, I think, and it went wide right. And if they'd made that, they'd have been up 24 to 7, three scores. Um, but uh, then all of a sudden, Edna got things together. Uh, they broke a couple of big plays. Both were kind of counter trap plays up the middle. Both went 77 yards, one from uh, quarterback Jaden Clay, the other from running back Kate Rodas, who hadn't played in the first half. Um, and that tied the game, and then Edna went on, and, uh, well, they won, They went ahead, actually, on Rodas' touchdown. Um, I, it's hard to say. I mean, I really felt like Bay City had a chance to win that game. Um, their quarterback, though, um, Alex Estrada, got hurt. Uh, he hurt his ankle right before halftime. And uh, he did not run the ball, but maybe one time in the second half. And uh, – Edna obviously knew he was hurting because, uh, you know, basically a lot of their running game is based out of the pistol where they'll he'll fake to Jada Andrews or he'll keep or he'll give the ball to him. Well, obviously they were keying on the running back. So that basically shut down their running game. And then they basically ended up uh, incompleting uh, eight, eight of their last passes were all incomplete. So, but Edna, like uh, – after the game, uh, Jimmy Mitchell, he said he was really, he was happy to see them be able to come back because that was big. But he wasn't very happy with the way they played overall. He said they're still playing in spurts. They'll play well for a while and then they won't play well. They had, uh, I think I counted, it was 13 plays over 10 yards. But a lot of those were simply Bay City missing tackles. They were able to get out of tackles. And uh, I think that's going to be a big thing this week when the, the Edna Refurio game. Yeah, that's one we're going to talk about later. And kind of reading what you wrote about the game afterwards, that's up on the Victoria Advocate website, by the way. Give that a look. Um, and reading what you wrote, it seemed like Rhoda, you know, missed the first half. He comes back in, and that kind of changed, you know, for Edna, that kind of changed the momentum for them, getting their, getting him back in there. Yeah, actually, it did help, obviously, because he's a big part of their offense. But – it's kind of weird. It start to start the uh, second half. Bape City gets the kickoff, drives down, scores. They kick off, and Rodas uh, muffs the ball, and Bay City recovers and scores again. So, uh, but then once he started getting in a groove, you know, he was uh, 
he had over 100 yards in the second half, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, again when you get a guy like that back into the lineup, that can uh, that can make a difference. And hey, good on Edna for making that comeback. We're gonna talk about our game against Refurio here in the next segment. That's uh, that's when I'll be at this week. I'm really excited to go down to Refurio, my first time covering the Bobcats with the Advocate uh, Jeremiah. You had a heck of a game as well this week. You were at a, out at Industrial for Shiner and Industrial, and I can summarize the game in two words: Ashton Garza. Uh, but I'll let you go further with that. <laughs> Yeah, Ashton uh, definitely was, uh, you know, the, the big player in that game. Over 200 yards rushing, five rushing touchdowns. Uh, he had the game-winning uh, rushing t- touchdown to to beat Shiner. Um, and, yeah, that, that game was, uh, you know, pretty pretty back and forth through pretty much the entire game. Shiner started off, they went up 14-0, and you kind of wondered whether uh, Industrial was able to, you know, get back in the game and kind of contest with Shiner. But uh, in that third quarter is really when it started going back and forth. It seemed like... Uh, you know, the the next team was always going to score a touchdown. Um, and Garza, he had two two big runs, a uh, 64-yard touchdown and a 65-yard uh, rushing touchdown. So um, he kind of kept them in the game. And, uh, you know, give credit to Shiner. They they also stayed in the game with uh, Carson Schutte at, at quarterback. Uh, he made a lot of big plays. Uh, you know, one of the biggest plays for, for Shiner's entire team was, uh, you know, Schutte on defense. Uh, Cooper Martin for industrial, he was running about 60 yards. He was – about five or six yards away from the end zone, and uh, Shooty comes up from behind, behind and punches the ball out and gives Shiner uh, the ball back. Um, but uh, Industrial was able to to pull away uh, with a big interception from Dylan Rerich with under a minute to go. Uh, he get put Industrial in the red zone, which gave uh, Garza that that three yard rushing touchdown to win it. And um, yeah, it was a you know big game for 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 Garza, but you know credit to to Shiner for. You know, able to stay in there against the tough industrial team. Yeah, and that's uh, you, you didn't even say the best part of that interception, Jeremiah. It was a defensive line, yeah, defensive lineman <laughs> interception. We love those. Yeah, he was. Uh, he told me. I asked him. You know, what what did you see on that play? And he said he just went up to bat the ball, but uh, you know, it got kind of got stuck in his hands, and he just came down with it. And um, yeah, that that was really a you know one of the biggest plays of the game. If that's not a defensive lineman interception, I wanted to bat the ball and it just stuck in my hands uh-huh. right there. That's a we love big boy interceptions on this show. Um, yeah, a couple of awesome, a couple of awesome games you guys were at this week. I stayed home, watched, uh, saw Victoria West against Leander Glenn, and it was a, a little bit of a gut punch for Victoria West coming into the week. You know, last week, uh, Coach Boyce had said, you know, we have to treat this like our season ends if, you know, if we don't win this game. Well, they didn't win the game. Fortunately, their season is not over. But, again, Leander Glenn running that slot T, they were able to run. You know, they they ran 60 plays. They ran the ball 60 times. It was over 500 yards. Uh, DJ Duger for Leander Glenn was able to do basically whatever he wanted. He had over 200 yards rushing. He's actually a four-star recruit in the class of 2025, one of the best running backs in the country. And he certainly looked like it. Um, Victoria West, they're uh, – their defensive line got, you know, they got pushed around. Their front seven, I mean, they, you know, they'd get into, th- they'd get into third, third and decent opportunities, third and six, third and seven, which against a slot T team, that's, you know, hey, that's where you want to be, and they'd run up the middle, and the pile just kept getting pushed backwards, kept getting pushed backwards, and kind of once, once the running game got going, that was it. I mean, it was, uh, it was just, you know, at that point, a war of attrition. They just got worn down, worn down, worn down, and. I mean, Victoria West in the first quarter, they only had the ball for I want to say three minutes. They they didn't they didn't see much of the ball, so it was hard for 
their offense to get into or maintain any kind of rhythm. So that was, you know, tough one for the Warriors this week at home. They're kind of regrouping right now as they get ready to go and play Alice this week. Our other Victoria school, Victoria East, um, they went on the road to New Braunfels, played Canyon this week. Jeremiah, I know, you know, you've talked to Coach Reeve and them since then. What, you know, what's kind of the feedback you've gotten on that one? Yeah, well, for that game, uh, you know, uh, similar to the the East first game, uh, I think the big the big uh, factor was turnovers. In in week one, East had gain, uh, you know, benefited off six takeaways, and in this game against Canyon, they turned the ball over three times. So that was, uh, you know, that was a, a big factor. Uh, Reed was telling me that they scored on their first drive, and you know, it looked like they were you know had some momentum going, but then you know the turnover started, and then on defense there was some uh, miscommunication issues. So. Uh, I think, uh, you know, going up against a tough Canyon team like that, um, turnovers are definitely going to hurt you, and uh, it, it did in that loss. Yeah, and that's also, you know, younger team, first time with a new coach, like kind of a new program in a sense. First time to go on the road, that's a little bit of a tough spot. Canyon's a pretty good team. Uh, East will be at home this week against Gregory Portland, and that's the game we were going to talk about next after we hear this message from White Trash Services, episode 52 of The Grid. Stay tuned. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll off uh, companies. And, you know, y'all are are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want? to sponsor uh, all all high school sports throughout the Victoria area. High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 361- Five five zero one eight two six. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, eight to five during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. Welcome back in episode fifty-two of the Grid. Gabe Myers alongside Jeremiah Sosa and Mike Foreman. And now we look ahead to week three of the football season. We're in full swing here. Last non-district game for the two Victoria schools. And we're going to start this segment with Victoria East, who's at home this week against Gregory Portland. Uh, Jeremiah, you've got a chance to talk to Reeve, talk to some of the players. What's the what's the sense you get on this game, East versus Gregory Portland? Yeah, well, obviously going up a uh, Gregory Portland team that's 2-0, and I think it's going to be a challenge for East. Uh, but, uh, you know, Reed was saying that his team really wants to run the ball behind Jaden Williams and Jakari Barnes. Also get some of the receivers, uh, you know, involved in the running game, which they did a lot of in, in their first win of the season. Um, so I think they're, they're going to try to lean on the run. But, I mean, it's going to be a challenge going up against a, a Wildcats defense, uh, you know, with the you know, bigger guys that they have. They have a, 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 an Air Force commit on the, on the, at linebacker. So... Uh, it's going to be a challenge for the East offense, and you know, defensively, uh, it's just about you know communicating to to try to you know limit some of the errors that they made in last week's game, and uh, you know, 
trying to stop a tough, uh, you know, Gregory Portland team that, you know, they, they had a, a big win over, uh, you know, Carroll last week. And, you know, quarterback Reed Dooms, he had over 300 yards passing. So they're a team that can, uh, you know, pass the ball pretty well and, and you know, run on the ground. So I think it's going to be a challenge. But, uh, you know, after last week's loss for East, I think it should be, uh, you know, interesting to see how they come out. Yeah, I was, uh, so, you know, uh, Gregory Portland, they scrimmaged Victoria West. So I got a chance to see them a few weeks ago. The guy I was impressed with was actually Portland, was actually the Wildcats running back. I you know the numbers were all mixed up. It was a scrimmage, so I couldn't get his name. I don't know exactly who he is. But did they mention anything about the running back over there, GP? Because he's the guy who I when I saw him in person, I thought, man, that running back, he you know he's really good. He's a player. Yeah, well, they didn't mention him him, him in particularly, but they did mention how uh, you know they like to run the ball. Um, you know they they lean on that running game. So you know the defensive line is definitely going to have to try to you know stuff up some holes on that line and. Uh, you know, not let them get to the second level. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how this one plays out because we want, you know, Victoria West and GP played really, you know, basically to a standstill in their scrimmage. And now East is playing them this week early in the season. Kind of going to, you know, little gauge of how the two teams might match up in week 10. So that's something to, for the community maybe to keep an eye on. Victoria West, they will go back on the road this week to face off with Alice. And I got the chance to talk to Coach Boyce today and – Kind of the feeling going into this game, Alice is, they're big on the offensive line. He feels like, you know, they've been about 70-30 run splits in their first couple, you know, run to pass in their first couple of games. So there's a feeling that bulk, Alice is going to try to do a little bit of ball control, keep the ball out of the hands of Victoria West offense. As lopsided the scores have been through two games, you know, 60-28 to in week one, 52-17 in week two, the West offense has actually been able to move the ball. They, they've been able to pick up yards, get first downs, and do that. But it just, you know whether it's an untimely sack or a turnover or just you know get a bad penalty getting behind the sticks, but they've actually been able to move the ball. So there's some encouragement from they seen with the from what they've seen with the offense. What they need to see is the defense. And boys, it you know it's a little bit of a broken record at this point. Every week I talk to them, it's I want to see the defense go and fly to the football, and that's something you know through two weeks the the defense. I mean when they're allowing what well, this 56 point average is what it is. Not not ideal. Obviously, have to allow less. And Alice is gonna, you know, gonna do not necessarily the scheme that Glenn did, but they're gonna do a lot of what Glenn did, and they're gonna run right at him and challenge Victoria West to stop him. And that's gonna be, you know, if they want to win this game, that's just what that's just what they're gonna have to do. And Boyce was not shy about saying that we have to, you know, we have to go and figure out how to stop the run. And I, you know, Mike and I were talking about it in the office today. The, I, I do think West has speed on their defensive line. Like you drop back and throw the football, yeah, they can go get your quarterback. But if, you know they're a little undersized there, so if you're running downhill right at them, that's where you can see some trouble. And that's certainly something that Glenn exposed last week. Uh, the, I will say this: what, I mentioned West offense. Would you know it looked good? We talked about a lot through the spring and into the preseason. Um, young playmakers and. You know, I named different guys. One guy I didn't name who has been probably their best receiver up to this point in the season was has been um, Jarrett Swanson. He had, you know, 90 yards and a touchdown against, um, you know, against Leander Glenn. He was their leading receiver in week one against Davenport. He's just a sophomore. He's, you know, one of their fastest players on the team. And he's someone who's really, you know, 
was a little quiet kind of in the in the spring and in the summer but you know once they put the pads on he's someone who's just impressed and impressed and impressed every day so he's kind of an x factor i'm putting in for this one kamari montgomery did not play last week he should be good to go he's playing this week so that's a very curious to see how west looks and they're looking for a win in their final non-district game they're about to go into the bye they want some uh they want some good vibes over there at victoria west uh Mike, you'll be at you'll be out in Quero this week. Quero versus Yokum, and that is, I mean, if there's a surprise team through two weeks, it's Yokum. They beat Cameron Yo by three touchdowns last week. Talk about you know, talk about this game. I know you've gotten a chance to talk to you know, talk to Fikach. Talk talk about what you're expecting from this one. You know, neighboring towns, a little rivalry going on there because this this is lining up to be and you know one of the best games in the state of Texas. Yeah, it's a big rivalry, obviously, over 100 years old. Uh, DeWitt County, you know, schools going up against each other. Uh, lately, Quero's had the better of it. Uh, I'm sure Yoakum feels like it's it's got a shot this year. Their quarterback, Zach Taylor, uh, you know, he's shown to be a dual threat running and passing the ball. And uh, they have a great receiver in Xavier Barnett now. And, uh, of course, Cuero has been uh, – they've dominated their first two opponents, El Campo and Navarro. Um, you know, Mason Nataro, I believe, is thrown for like over 400 yards. And uh, their defense is, you know, they've only allowed uh, – I think one touchdown or two touchdowns in two games. Yeah, they, I know they. It was forty-one-seven against yeah. El Campo. I don't know what the Navarro yeah, score they was. Gave seven in, to Navarro as well. So, so uh, their defense has played very well, and uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, a lot of things happen in this. You know, rivalry games mm-hmm. are crazy. Of course, Quero has the fifty-year uh, anniversary of the uh, of its first state championship team going on. We'll have they'll have all those guys there that are you know that can make it to be introduced before the game, so um, you know I think it's going to be interesting. I think this might be the first time that Quero has come up against this kind of skill. Mm-hmm. You know I'll be curious to see how their defense mm-hmm. does against that. And of course uh, Yoakum, I did notice that uh, you know. Yoke turned the ball over against Cameron Yo, and it still won. So that tells me that, you know, its offense was very productive. Um, If you can do that and get away with that, then. uh, Against a team like Cameron Yo, and and not just win, they won by three touchdowns. They they won impressively, and of course that moved them into the state poll. So that should be, it's, it's always a good game when these two, most of the time, I know last year was kind of a kind of an oddity uh quarrel blew him out last year but uh, and you gotta think that's sitting with yoko right oh, now yeah, i'm, I'm, I'm sure. sure that's plastered yeah. up in the locker room but you know one thing i uh that's happened with this game since uh bo robinson's gotten to yokum is he's kind of tempered that um he's told me that in the past he felt like a, a lot of people in yokum put too much on this game mm-hmm. i mean sure you you want to beat your rival you definitely but you have to remember it's a non-district game. And, uh, you know, this game should not make your season one way or another. Well, and then now they're in different classifications yeah. as well with Quero being 4A yeah. and Yoakum in 3A. Yeah, so that that's something you have to keep in mind that, you know, and that the other thing is both of these teams are good, so it's going to benefit both teams mm-hmm. from playing each other. Yeah, I'm very interested. And I said this before uh, – 
before Quero played El Campo, and uh, you know, at this point, I didn't know Oliver Miles wasn't going to play. He ultimately did, it and Quero blew him out. Uh, but Zach Taylor has this, you know, has kind of the same ability. He's a really good athlete back there. He's going to be able to move around. Quero's defensive line is really, really good. How good are they going to be when they break through the offensive line? They have a quarterback who's able to go and get away from them and kind of make plays off script. So I'm interested to see how that matchup plays out in this one because Quero's been – Jeremiah went and watched him in a scrimmage. I went and watched their opening game. Quero's been nothing but impressive, but this should be the best team they've played up to this point. So I'm very interested to see kind of how this one plays out and how it looks on the field at Gobbler Stadium because – you know, I we we all think Quero is really good. Yoakum so far has proven. You know, they went and beat Industrial handily, and Industrial just went and beat Shiner, and they go and beat Cameron Yo by three touchdowns. Which I think not just us, but it kind of opened everyone's eyes around the state of, oh shoot, Yoakum might be really really good. Um, so very interested to see how this one plays out. Well, Mike's in Quero. I will be in Refurio this week for Refurio versus Edna. Mike, you've uh, through two weeks, you've had the pleasure of seeing both of these two teams play. How do you think it's going to look when when they get onto the field based on what you've seen the first two weeks of the year? Well, I really think it's going to come down to two things, which is what everyone says. Who executes their offense better and who doesn't turn the ball over? Last year's game, uh, Edna turned the ball over and uh, actually led early, but then Refurio ran away with it because Edna turned the ball over in the Mm -hmm. second half. I think uh, for Refurio, what they're looking at is they're going to have to tackle. You cannot uh, let you cannot miss tackles against Edna, or they'll make you pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edna, I think they need to take care of the ball and uh, run run its offense the way they run it. You know, Jaden Clay is, uh, you know, he's just. You know, he's been there three and a half years. And he, like last week, you could tell he knows that offense. And uh, they they uh, they don't have the all the weapons they had last year, some of the bigger guys. Mm-hmm. But they're still pretty good up front. And, um, you know, uh, I think Jacob Reyes is another kind of an X factor for them. He you know, played defensive end, but then on offense they put him at an H-back. And he scored a touchdown against Bay City where they just let him go out of the backfield and kind of snuck him out and uh, threw a little pass to him. So that's a big thing. Um, I noticed uh, last week that Refurio, they uh, started out sluggish against London and then blew him out, had a running clock at Mm -hmm. the end of the game. But uh, we'll see how that offense comes along. I know here's the thing for both teams. this is going to be, for both Edda and Refugio, probably the best team that they're going to see until deep in the playoffs. I really believe that because uh, what we've seen from Edna's district, I mean, you know, Industrial and Goliad are good teams, but I do not think they're as good as Refugio. And vice versa, you look at well, who Refugio will be playing after this game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I think this game is, uh, is you know, kind of important and big for both teams. The, the, it talks to me a little bit about the line of scrimmage matchup because I know Edna's, you know, that's part of the strength of their team is what they have up front. And Refurio, I mean, I know they're two-way, but they're also, you know, we talked about their defensive line before, and they, you know, yeah. they, they got some players up there. Talk about, talk about that because I think, you know, there's a lot of playmakers on both sides of the ball, and when that's the case – the big boys usually decide stuff up front. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, um, I know Refurio is uh, 
has concentrated a lot more on running the ball this year. And, of course, uh, Jordan King, and they have a couple other backs back there. Their, their offensive line is big, but it's young, and it's still kind of coming together. They had some issues in uh, the Hitchcock game. Well, one issue was Hitchcock was really good. <laughs> but the other issue was there were some penalties there. And I, I think it's just going to take those guys a while, a while to gel. Edna did a, a pretty good job of running the ball. And, of course, they had the, the two big plays against Bay City. Their line looks pretty good, too. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I, well, uh, if you have Carlon Jones on the line, it's yeah, going to look really good. Yeah, it's funny, though. You know, I'm uh, when I was in Refuria, I <laughs> – Coach Herring goes, man, I wish we could stop playing these 3A teams, you know, like he, you know, Hitchcock, Edna. But that's what happens when you're Refugio, Shiner, whoever, you know, you're that good. It's hard to find games. So that's what you end up doing is playing good teams. And, uh, you know, the main thing about this is both teams want to come out healthy. And uh, obviously they want to win this game because, you know, it's a big game. Yeah, again, this is going to be my first Refurio Bobcat game as a member of the Advocate, so I'm excited. I'm excited to go. I'm excited to go down there. Yeah, and uh, before we moved into volleyball, I wanted to you know give a shout out to all the guys making their uh, you know debuts in the college level. Uh, Shiner's Dalton Brooks, who who uh, you know had a tackle, and then uh, El Capo's uh, Ruben Owens, who got in the game as a running back. Uh, shout out to those guys, and then also uh, obviously uh, Jonathan Brooks uh, at Texas and Jordan Whittington. Mm-hmm. And I believe also there was a guy from UTSA. I was watching that game uh, from Shiner. Yeah, Donye Taylor yeah. from Shiner. So uh, you know, I just wanted to yeah. give a mention to those guys who are you know making their uh, you know marks on the college level. Yeah, Jonathan Brooks, first touchdown yeah. of the season for the Texas Longhorns. He got him on the board. Yeah, and also uh, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't ignore um, Kenny. Uh, what is it, Kenny Parks from uh, from Edna was playing for Texas State and their big ups. Oh man. Uh, over uh, Baylor there. So, uh, you know, someone pointed out, and this is interesting, that the two schools with the most amount of transfers on their roster oh, I, I are know Colorado this. and Texas State. And both those schools had big wins in their first week. So I think this is going to be something you got to watch because that transfer portal is going to – become very popular well i've always said that gj kenny and Dion sanders are cut from the same cloth so you see that yeah. their results <laughs> their results in week one uh yeah so it, you know good you know again we love seeing guys from this area go to the next level and contribute and we you know dalton brooks ruben owens a couple of young guys at a&m who they'll be down in miami this week and then you know probably the game of the weekend jonathan brooks and the longhorns will be down in tuscaloosa playing alabama I'm going to be leaving an event early to go go home and watch that game. Uh, so I'm really excited for that. But we're going to hear this message from Thrivent Financial. And then we're going to get into some area volleyball. We had a couple, probably the two best hitters in the region going at it yesterday. Really excited to talk about that one. Stay tuned. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrig works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. And we 
we are back with episode 52 of the grid uh some fantastic volleyball in the area last night you always you know any sport whenever you get two of the best in the area a couple you know division one caliber athletes going at it, it's always fun to watch I had the pleasure of doing that last night, going out to Cuero, watching St. Joseph and Cuero in action. Cal Berkeley commit, Arissa Carbonara, and Addison Ozuna, not committed yet, but last year's Victoria Advocate Player of the Year, and we were just talking. She'll probably have her pick you know, pick of where she wants to go to college. So watching those two go back and forth is a lot of fun. St. Joseph ended up winning th- you know, three games to one, or three sets to one, Uh fourth set went 28 26 St. Joseph got the win they actually trailed 25 24 but were able to come back when you know for the next five points and win the match uh final stat line for the two hitters Addison Osuna nearly another triple double Jeremiah covered you know their matches over the weekend their first district match and their match against Victoria East where she had you know she had a triple double in one game came close again in the second uh Osuna on the her final tally on the night 27 kills 14 assists nine digs uh, something about that for St. Joseph. Their setter is out right now, so Addison Osuna has had to, you know, take over some of the setting responsibility as they work into a new, uh, into a new rotation, into a new system without their main setter, without their main setter. And she is, you know, she's done a good job with that. St. Joseph has not really missed a beat. I think they're they're twenty one and five right now, and they're looking as strong as anyone in taps really. And then Nessa Carbonara on the other side, she didn't play last week when Jeremiah went out to Quero. She has, you know, she's dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue, and she started a little bit slow in the game against St. Joseph. But that third set, she found another gear, and she had six sets and you know six kills in the first two sets, fifteen kills in the final two sets. She had twenty-one in the match. Fantastic game for her. Um, but like I said, the Flyers are working through a new system. Uh, Jeremiah, you had a chance to cover them over the weekend. They had their first district game. They matched up against Victoria East. What'd you see from them? Is I think that was the first time they really were in the in the new system. What'd you see? Because they had mentioned they thought they were a little clunky early, whereas against against Quero, it looked pretty smooth. Yeah, well, in that in their uh, you know district opener against Brownsville St. Joseph, uh, I think they were a little bit surprised just because uh, Brownsville St. Joseph was a little bit more competitive than than uh, you know they they expected. Uh, you know, last season they you know went undefeated in district. You know, uh, you know beat every team uh, in district handily. So I think they were a little bit surprised that the game was a little bit closer. But like you said, they're just figuring out an, uh, a new system without setter Morgan Cornick. Um, but Ozuna, like uh, like Gabe said, uh, he she had a triple-double to, to help the team uh, win that game and, you know, win over Victoria East. So I think, uh, you know, they're definitely on the right track and with, uh, you know, that district win and they're continuing with this win over Quarrel. Yeah, and something kind of the for Quero, this was their final non-district game. So kind of the sentiment for them, and it was a sentiment for St. Joseph as well, was we're happy we played a team like that with a hitter like that on the other side because, you know, come district play and really for both teams as they get into the postseason, they know they're going to be seeing really good players and they need competition at that level. And it was kind of cool talking to both players after the game because they said, hey, this is the way this is the way volleyball should be played. This is how it should be. So – it was, a, you know, it was really fun to watch. And then talking to the players after the game, it seemed like they had fun, you know, competing against, you know, the, uh, you know, kind of their equal in the area, is, you know, watching them go back and forth. Uh, Jeremiah, you were at Weimer and Edna uh, last night, Tuesday night. Talk about what, you know, what what you saw on that one as Weimer, you know, Weimer gets the win over there. Yeah, Weimer got a, a 3-1 win over Edna. And, uh, you know, that game was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty close in the first few innings. Weimer ended up taking the first set. 
uh, Edna took the second one, and then in the third set, Edna had a 22 to 19 lead, and you know they were on the verge of you know winning and taking control of the match, but uh, they made a few mistakes, and Weimer came back to win that one, and then they closed it out in the fourth set. And uh, you know talking to uh, you know Edna's head coach, uh, I think she was just really disappointed in you know the amount of errors that they committed in you know those final sets to close it out. Uh, the the fourth set wasn't that competitive, so. Um, you know, with, a, with with it being their last non-district game, I think she wanted to see her team uh, play a little bit better uh, because, you know, they start off on Friday against Houseville in their district slate. Um, but for Weimer, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're now 26-8 and eight with a win over Edna. Um, they still got a few games left till, till district play starts, but I think for them, you know, in the district that they play with against, uh, you know, Schulenberg, who, you know, made it to the state tournament last season and, Shiner, who's a top 15 ranked team right now, um, I think uh, you know they're they're on the right track, and I think they're they're uh, you know proud of uh, you know how they're looking, and you know Weimer does have a, a one of the better hitters in our area. I don't think she's up to the level of Ozuna and uh, you know Carbonaro, but Chanley Tolbert, she had 20 kills in in the match against Edna, and um, you know Coach uh, Machisek, she was saying that they really lean on her. Um, you know, for for their success. So I think uh, you know, as long as they have her, and as long as they continue to play well, I think they'll uh, they'll be able to contend in in that tough district that they play in. Yeah, that district's going to be one of the more fun two way districts around the state with Shiner, who's you know they've really started to find themselves the last couple of weeks, and obviously Schulenberg, who's really a power at the two two way level in volleyball. And we can't talk about volleyball in the area without talking about what uh, what Goliad has done, especially the last few weeks. Uh, they're 23 and three on a the season. They've won 20 of their last 21 games. Their only loss is Victoria St. Joseph, and I don't think losing to them is really all that bad of a thing. Um, and oh, you know, in their last two games on Friday, they sweep Victoria West 3-0. And Victoria West is a you know, got a chance to watch them a couple of times this year. They're a pretty good team. They're going to compete for the district title. That you know, what is it, 14 5A? They're going to compete for a district title over there. And Gregory Portland, they beat in five sets on Tuesday night. And this is a team for Goliad. They have a lot of young players, a lot of freshmen, but they're all starting to come together. You know, you see that in their in the games that aren't quite as competitive, in the games that they sweep against maybe some three A competition games that they're better than. You see the uh, you kind of see the kills distributed pretty evenly. They get everybody involved. But against GP last night, when it's okay, you gotta you gotta just go at it. It's a battle. It's Kyla Hill. She had 27 kills last night in, in that big win for Goliad. So they open up district play next week against Taft. I, what, I know they won their 100th consecutive district game last season. That that district win streak's in the triple digits. They get the opportunity to extend that starting next Tuesday. Starting next Tuesday. So fun storyline to follow as we you know next week start volleyball district play for you know for some of these teams in the area. But I think that'll just about wrap us up for this week's episode of The Grid, episode number 52. We're excited to get back on the football field for week three. Mike Smile, when I said 52, he can't believe we made it this far. Ray Lewis episode. Toria East, Gregory Portland. Victoria West versus Alice. Refurio and Edna. Quero versus Yoakum. We have some awesome football games next week. Follow us on Twitter for, uh, you know, we we, we uh, live tweet the football games. We have all that's going on. Get on the website, see see what's going on over there. See how, you know, see the game preview, see how these games turn out. But thank you once again for tuning in. Oh, before we get off the air, I knew there was something I forgot to do. Join Vic's Picks. Pick against us and other football fans in the area. This week is 
one of the last weeks to join the competition. So get in on that. The winner gets a free barbecue tailgate party. So if that's not motivation enough to join, I don't know what is for you. So get in on that with us. And until next time, thank you for tuning in. We can't wait to see you next week.